0: Hey, listen, look at your feet. What do, you, what do you think? Come on. What do you think? I just want you to know that I bear in my body the marks of this carpet. Amen. But, you know, I was thinking, I saw, I saw this precious little girl over here while we were worshiping, rolling. And I'm like, all right, now we, we, we become authentic holy rollers now. And here today in the altar... Now you can be slain in the Spirit. Now now we're good to go. Amen. No, I'm teasing. It's good to see you this morning. Good to be with you. Are you glad you came to Tent Church today? Hopefully we'll get you out of here before it really heats up here today. But feel that little breeze right now? I was looking out. I don't know. That's probably smoke, but I'm pretending it's the glory of the Lord out there. (laughs) So that's that's my vision of that, amen. It's good to see you all this morning. Turn to somebody and say, you look better now than when you first arrived. Go ahead and tell them that. I want to invite you to come out and be with us on Wednesday nights as well. Wednesday nights we've been doing a study on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we are this coming Wednesday night at 7 o'clock right here. We have worship, we have praise, we have some prayer time. We hear some testimonies occasionally, and there's going to be a teaching this Wednesday night on what about the prophetic, and I'm really excited for it because Daniel's going to be bringing that word, who happens to operate in the prophetic, uh, probably has an office of the prophetic, and so he's going to be sharing with us this coming Wednesday night. We encourage you to come out. If you uh, want to learn more about that, and even if you don't want to learn more, you should come out anyway, uh, because we need to know what God's Word says about these things. Amen. So anyway, that's happening this Wednesday night. We encourage you to come out and be with us. And I am looking forward to Food Truck Sunday. Amen. I hope you guys will come prepared to stay and uh, bring bring some friends with you. Since there's food trucks here, let's bless those trucks full of food. And make sure that they make a good living uh, off of us next Sunday. We, want to encourage, we encourage you to invite friends to come out and be with us for worship. Amen. This would be a good thing to invite people to, right? Amen. Well, I want to bring to a conclusion this morning this series that we've been in entitled What's in Your Bag? And the first week we talked about the five smooth stones like David who picked up five smooth stones to slay Goliath. Uh, We need to have those for victorious living. We talked about unpacking our burdens for unencumbered living. We talked last week about the bags of gold um, for abundant life kind of living. And today, I want to conclude this, and the title of my message today is Packed and Ready to Go. Would you say that with me? Packed. Packed and Ready to Go. And where I want to come out of is found in Luke chapter 22, so you can look up on the screen here, I'll have the words here. This is in the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 22, verses 35 through 37, then Jesus asked his disciples, when I sent you out to preach the good news, and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now, everybody say, but now. Now. But now, Jesus said, take your money and your traveler's bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets is about to come true. So... These are the words of Jesus. This is the passage that we're going to come from today about being packed and ready to go. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. And we thank you for your word because we know that your word is life to us. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that the things that you put in my spirit to share, God, that it would just come out like a river, like was spoken just a few moments ago in the power of your spirit. Out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Lord, let this be a refreshing word today for every one of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Now, the words of Jesus that I just read to you in this passage were spoken by him on the night before he was to be crucified. And so he was preparing his disciples, and he was telling his disciples that his time on earth was coming to a close. But their time on earth was literally just beginning. And he was instructing them in essence, now is the time for you to keep your bags packed and be ready to move and to be ready to go. And they were to carry on what he came to accomplish on the cross. Remember on the cross, he cried those words, it is finished. What he meant was, I have completed everything that needs to be done. Now, his church was to appropriate his victory. His church was to expand his kingdom now in his absence. He took care of all business. He covered all the bases. But now we were to take what he had accomplished on the cross for us and go out and do it. And that's what he's basically letting the disciples know. You know, our life in Christ is like a journey of faith and faithfulness. Can I get a, an amen out there? I almost said a big amen. I should have my t-shirt, but I don't have that, and so we'll treat you good out there. But our life in Christ is faith, is a journey of faith and faithfulness. No matter where we're at, individually or spiritually or physically, we always need to be ready to go. We always need to be ready. To be on the move. Not necessarily that we're always leaving this place for another place, but we're always ready to go where God wants us to go and to do what God wants us to do. Now, this, there, but with this going, we must always be ready too for those specific times when the Lord wants to specifically direct us in areas that are unfamiliar to us. You know, sometimes um, we're packed and we're ready to go, but we feel like we're just waiting. Does anybody know what I'm talking about out there? My bags are packed. It's kind of like a flight delay. You're at the airport. Your bags are packed. You want to be there already. You want to be past this point of the journey, but you're just waiting, and we're hung up because of something. Well, I just want you to know, if you're waiting on the Lord, now listen, this is really important. If you're waiting on the Lord, you're in the best possible place you can be. Now, if the Lord's waiting on you, now that's a different problem. Amen. Amen. But if you're waiting on the Lord, and you're truly waiting on Him, then you couldn't be in a better place. Now, I know it doesn't feel good. I know we don't always like it. But if I'm truly waiting on God to open the door, to manifest His presence, to take me where He wants me to be, then that's a good place. But the problems lie when He's waiting on us. Because our bags aren't packed, because we're not ready to go. And so I want to talk about this. So, so whether we're walking out into the unknown by faith or just waiting, we always need to be ready. We need to be ready to go. We all need to get our go bag packed. Everybody say go bag. Now, you know what a go bag is? A go bag, and I got this off of uh, Urban Dictionary, so this has got to be accurate. Your go bag is a bag packed with special items that you may need in case of an emergency or sudden evacuation. People living in North Dakota have a go bag in their trunk in case you break down in the middle of winter. You got to have the appropriate stuff in that bag in order to survive the winters. People hiking in mountains have a go bag in in order to be able to, uh, you know, survive the mountains. Uh, Everybody in the room uh, probably—well, everybody, yeah—all the all the parents probably had a go bag prepared to go to the hospital to have their baby. You had this bag ready to roll. Well, Jesus wants us all to have our go bag ready so that we can go forward and do His will until He comes back again. Come on, can I get an amen out there? So I want to talk about the three essential items found in this passage that I read to you. There are three items that I think are essential to have ready to go. We have to, we have to hone in on these things in our life in order that we can be effective as the followers of Jesus Christ sent out to do His will. And the first one is this. What you need to have packed and ready to go is your money. In other words, you need to get your finances in order. One of the biggest hindrances, hindrances for us to be ready at God's will and for what God wants to do with us is how we handle our money. Remember the passage when Jesus was asking them. He said, when I sent you before And you had no money, you didn't have extra shoes, you didn't have extra coat, you didn't even take food with you. He said, when I sent you out, and that's found in Luke chapter 9, he said, did you need anything? Did you lack anything? And they said, no, we didn't lack anything. But now Jesus turns around here and he says, now I want you to pack your money. I want you to pack your bags. I want you to get a sword if you don't have a sword. So what was Jesus trying to teach these guys? Back in Luke chapter 9, he wanted them to know that when you're doing God's will, when you're going where God wants you to go, and you're answering the call of God upon your life, that you don't have to worry about it. God is your provider. He is your source in living, and he's your source in livelihood. But now we see here, he tells them to pack their money. And so what Jesus is saying is, I've already taught you a lesson. God is your source, but I need you to understand that things are going to change now. You need to get your money in order, because God is still your source, but he provides through the means of finances. Amen, come on, I bet you didn't, think you'd come to church out here in the tent and hear about money. But we're going to go there today, turn to somebody and tell them, get ready, it's coming. So we need, to, we need to figure this out because if we're going to do God's will and fulfill His purpose, we have to get our money in order. We can't get it twisted. When it comes to money, God is always the source. But money is the means by which he provides for us in a large part. My God, Paul said, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. And he's talking there specifically about money. So when we run into money problems, we don't rightly handle what we're possessing. When we have money problems, we have to really evaluate, am I Am I packing into my bag the money, the resources, the blessings of God, the provision of God correctly? I want you to see this in Haggai chapter 1. Look at these words. Haggai the prophet says, Now therefore, uh, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. You have sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. The problem, Haggai says, is the reason why you don't have all that you need is because you're earning money for yourself and not for the purpose of what God intended for your life. And it's like putting it in a bag that just has holes and you, whatever you put in there just kind of flows right out of the bag. And so you know what, if we're going to pack our money in our bags, we got to patch up our holes. Amen. Amen. We need to patch up our holes. Now we have some we have some holes in some certain areas, and I want to talk about this. The first, the first thing, in order to patch up our holes, we need to understand that we are merely stewards of everything that we possess. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen? amen. Now, I, you say, it may, listen, it may be your money, but God owns it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything and everyone who dwells therein. Psalms 24, verse 1. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Do we have that? He said, look at these words. And what do you have that you did not receive? In other words, everything you have, you received. Everything you possess was given to you. Amen. You say, oh, no, no, I went out and I earned it myself. I, I put, I was all, it was all me. I did it myself. I came up with this idea. Well, who gave you the brain? Amen. Amen. The first thing we need to understand about our lives, is that everything that I have is a gift from God. Amen. And so if I'm going to patch up the holes... In my bag, I've got to first of all understand that I am just a steward of everything that I have. It's my money, but God owns it. And he's left it in my care and in my charge. And then the second thing we need to do is we need to give the Lord his tithe. Leviticus chapter 28 tells us that the tithe is the Lord's. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. This is God speaking through the prophet, and he says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many would want some such blessing? Amen. Well, one of the ways that we can begin to experience that flow of God's blessing in our life is when we not only understand that we are stewards of what God has given to us, but we give to God what rightfully belongs to God. And that's where we start. We don't come up with tithe after I figured out my budget. We come up with our budget after we've given God his tithe. Amen. Amen. Come on. Smile at me out there. It's lonely up here. Here, no, that's okay. Thanks, Luke. You would be good company. So here we go. The tithe, just so that we're clear and we understand, the tithe is 10% off the top of your income. That goes directly to God and to the storehouse of God so that there's food in his house this all right out of the Bible. He said, I want you to bring to me what belongs to me so that there's food in my house so that you have all that you need in your house. So when you get this right and not backwards and misappropriate our priorities and our funds, when we give to God what belongs to him first, then I have all, all that I need in my life because the next verse goes on and says, and I will rebuke the devourer. I want you to know that when we keep to ourselves what rightfully belongs to God, there is just a spirit of devouring that takes over in our finances. Amen. And one way to stop that is to give God what belongs to Him first. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said everybody needs to go through three conversions. He said everybody has to have, first of all, a heart conversion then a head conversion, and then a wallet conversion. And that's true. Come on, we've been around this enough to find out that everybody's heart is after Jesus and people start to get it in their head, but sometimes the last thing to come under the baptism is our wallet. Amen. Amen. Here's another way that we can patch up the whole of our finances, and that's be content with what you have. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 8 and 9. And having food and clothing. Paul says with these we shall be what? Content. Having food and clothing we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. Those are really pungent words. And he's saying, if we are going after riches for riches' sake, we are going to fall into the temptation of trying to serve two masters. And you can't serve two masters. Because the one where your heart goes, that's what you're going to go after. And so this word content literally means to be possessed of unfailing strength. It's, it's, it Literally, the word means that you're good or you have enough. You ever been in a restaurant and someone, the waiter will come up and say, you want more coffee, and you put your hand over your cup? No, I'm good. I'm good. That's what it means to be content. I don't need any more. I have what I need. And so some of us need to get this in our spirit because the checkout line is just major temptation for us. And it's one thing if it happens in Walmart. It's another thing if it happens at Harley-Davidson. Gary Swant has a, an, an old three-wheeler. Remember the where's Gary? Is he here? You have an, he has a three-wheeler he has for sale. I was in the checkout lane right there at his house the other day. I'm like, boy, I really want that. I don't need it. I have no place to drive it. But that's out of my era. I wanted that three-wheeler big time. But I had to just walk away from it and let it go. And there are things that we don't walk away from. We spend, we're not very disciplined in our spending. And because we're not disciplined in our spending, we're not available when God calls. Amen. You got to keep your bags packed and ready to go. Amen. Amen. And So we need to be content with what we have. Here's, a, here's the final idea to patch up that hole. And that's be generous with what you have. Now this is above and beyond the tithing that belongs to God. This generous giving goes beyond what first and foremost belongs to God. Generosity now is that free will offering, that that spirit that just sees the need and responds to the need and gives to the need at hand, whether it's a poor person or whether it's another ministry that's available. This is what we're talking about. Jesus said, look at these words in Luke chapter 12. Verses 33 and 34. Sell what you have and give alms. Alms are a free will offering. He said, sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags. Everybody say money bags. That is not what Julie calls me. I'm not money bags. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in heaven that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, read this with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Paul says, what you treasure, your heart goes after. People say, oh, my heart is this. But no, the, 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 act, the exact opposite, Paul says, is true. Whatever it is that you put your treasure, that's where your heart goes. So if you treasure money, if you treasure wealth, your heart is going to go after that, which is going to be a hindrance in your life to be a generous person and a giving person. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, sell what you have and give alms. Give to the need. Give to the poor. And you will have money bags that will never run out in heaven. Amen. Church, we need to be a generous people. We need to be generous. We need to be generous to the needs at hand before us. We need to be generous when we're, um, what do you call it with the waitress? Tipping. We need to be generous in our tipping. I love it when they have on the little iPad like this, they give you like four options now. It's almost up to 100%. No, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. I think it goes up to 25%, 20%, 18%, 15 I think. Yeah, I'm still, you're 30? You've, you've seen 30? Wow, praise God. Well, you know, my faith hasn't increased yet to 30%. But I believe that we should be, above all people, generous people. Amen. Blessing people, helping people, thinking of others before we... Always think of ourselves. And so, in front of everybody, and God and everybody, I'm going to try my best to up my game. Amen. Amen. I'm a 20 percenter, by the way, not to let my left hand know what my right is doing, but just so you know, I'm not down at 10. God gets 10. Poor God. He just only gets 10. Amen. Is this going anywhere with anybody? We're talking about packing our bags. Packing our bags. Jesus said, get your money bag. See, I, I believe this is really important. Get your money, get your finances in order. So that you're ready to go. When I'm ready to move you. Get it in place. So this is really important. The next thing we need to pack in our bag is our clothing, our clothes. And I'm talking here about get your Jesus apparel. Nicely folded and put in your bag. When going on a trip, it's important to pack appropriate clothing for where you're going. I have already confessed to you my lesson learned about going to Hawaii. Uh, two different times we went. And uh, the first time I really messed it up. I didn't know what I was doing. The second time you get it right. But any, anywhere you go, you want to get the right clothing for where you're going. Now, when we're moving out into a broken world, it's important that we constantly wear the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Amen. We put on Jesus. Everybody say, put on Jesus. put on Jesus. Everywhere we go. We're in a world that is broken. It's cold. It's dark. It's, sometimes it's hot with dissent and anger and bitterness and rage. Sometimes it's cold and indifferent. And this is the world we live in. And so, wherever we're at, whatever we come up against, we have got to be ready to be clothed with Jesus, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ in that place because we are not of this world. We live in it, we're very much a part of it. We care about it, but we're not of it. So, we've got to think differently, we've got to behave differently. We've got to put on Jesus, which means take you off. And put him on. Amen. Amen. Turn you off and turn him on. Right? And so, this is uh, the word in the Greek language is induo. And that word means to put on like a piece of garment. Here's where it's found in Romans chapter 13 verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So everywhere we go, we are to constantly be putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, prepared for what we come up against in our lives. And so what are we talking about? Well, this Jesus apparel that we need to have packed in our bags and ready at every turn of life is that we need to put on a new or renewed attitude. Anybody here ever had a bad attitude? Like after you watch the news or something like that. And so we constantly need a new attitude. Paul said it like this in Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. He said that we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds. Would you say that with me? Be made new in the attitude of our minds. Turn to somebody and say, you need a brand new attitude. Go ahead and tell them that. So he says, be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on, there it is, put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Who are you created to be like? God. You're not created to be like your mom or your dad or the person across the street. Or the person that you work with. You don't respond in kind. Or behave in kind. Or do what unto others what they do to you. You are made in the image of God. Right and you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. But he doesn't always have all of you. Right on. Come, on. Come on. And so this is why Paul said we've got to put on a new attitude. We're talking about the attitude of Jesus now. Put on, that, put on the Lord Jesus Christ in a new way of thinking. Now listen, you know you have a bad attitude when you are not cooperative, when you are not optimistic, and when you are not constructive. You know that your attitude's not right. Listen, whenever you feel critical, cynical, resentful, pessimistic, when you feel rude coming on, you better change your clothes. Come on. Well, they need to change. No. 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 Listen, they're probably not going to change. Are we getting anywhere today? Yeah. Your attitude is your clothes. This is your garment. This is your apparel in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're going to experience a shift in the way I think and how I relate and how I behave with people, it's all on me. And this is hard stuff. Amen. I can't, uh, you know, when I'm having an off day and I go home, I can't yell at Julie but I have Alexa now that I can yell at. <laughs> Alexa, play music! I take it out on Alexa. I don't have a dog to kick. It's a great release valve. Because she's not real, so I don't have to change my attitude. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Anybody got an Alexa? Try that. Take it out on Alexa. Just She'll respond. She's obedient. Listen when you feel this an uncooperative pessimistic deconstruction rising up in your spirit here's what Paul said let this mind this attitude be in you which was in the lord jesus christ who being equal with god did not consider it robbery to be called god but made himself of no reputation Made himself a servant. Became obedient even to the death of the cross. Do you see the downward slope of what Jesus did? He was God. He is God. But he didn't try to fight for his reputation. But became a servant. Became obedient to death. Even the death of the cross. And Paul says, this is the attitude that we need to have. That's a tall order. That's what we're called to. This is what Jesus said I want you to pack in your bags. Get your traveler's bag ready. Get your clothes in there. Get ready. Because I'm we're going places. And you're going to need a new attitude. Another another thing that we need to have in there as far as our clothing is a Christ like virtues. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Here it is. Everybody say, put on. Put on on tender mercies and kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Everybody say, "Must must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Paul says, try a little tenderness. Be tender. Be merciful. You know what mercy is? Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. You ever said, I would like to give them a piece of... But mercy holds back. Amen. And you put on the virtues of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? It means you suffer for a really long time. It's painful. You just, you just, you know, just suffer. We used to say that when I was a kid. Oh, just suffer. In some way, remember that? Was that out of the '70s, Tammy? And so, we have to suffer long. We need to be humble. We need to be meek. We need to be tender. This is love. By the way, this is love. You don't just love people until they mistreat you and then you can't do them anymore. Love is tender. Love is merciful. Love is kind to the unkind. I know this is going down hard today. But it's the truth. We need to pack our clothes, our Jesus apparel. It's the most fashionable stuff you can own. Amen. Amen. Here's what we also need to have in there as far as our clothing, and that is spiritual armor. Paul said in Ephesians 6.11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Can I just remind you today that wherever you go in life, there you will find the devil. Isn't that encouraging you say well i'm I'm doing what the Lord wanted me to do exactly and Satan will be on your heels I can tell you now as a child of God you are already in his crosshairs he is zeroed in on you he wants to discourage you he wants to battle against you he wants to uh, try try to be in the way of your progress in Christ. And so we have to have our armor packed and ready to go for wherever we end up and whatever we're doing. And so it's it's on us. What did Paul say? You've got to put this armor on. Well, I just want God to take care of my enemy. Well, when you put your armor on, he does. When you clothe yourself, with the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and the shield of faith and the gospel of peace and and you have that sword of the spirit, the rhema word of God in your hand, there's where your victory lies. But if you leave your armor sitting over there and just try to go off and live and do it in your own strength, you're you're gonna you're gonna be overcome. Amen. And a lot of us lose our battles in life because we're not fully dressed. We're not ready for where we're at. And So this last point really sets us up for this final idea that I want to bring to your attention. So we've got to pack our money. In other words, you need to get your finances in order so that God can move through you, move you where he wants you to be. We need to pack our clothes and get our Jesus apparel in place. And then finally, we need to pack our Bible, or the sword, if you will, and get your truth in hand. Jesus said, I love these words, and if you don't have a sword, sell your coat and buy one. I love that. He says, You guys need to get a sword. In fact, and, and here, Jesus, I believe, personally, this is what I believe that Jesus was talking symbolically, not literally. Because the very next verse, after Jesus said what he said, they said, look, Lord, we have two swords among us. And he's like, that's enough. (laughs) Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about actual weaponry. I'm not talking about be locked and loaded with your guns. Amen. Amen. I'm all for the Second Amendment. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not saying you're going to have to fight Physically, your way through life, and you're going to have to coerce people and win people over by the edge of the sword. No, that's not what he was saying. Listen, the Lord doesn't need crusaders; he just needs Christians. He doesn't need people to try to win people by coercion and by by manipulation and by power and physical way. He needs people who have their sword, the sword of the Word of God, the weapon. Of God's truth and God's gospel. Amen. And so I believe he was speaking symbolically, because swords represent the conflict. The spiritual sword that God wants us to be equipped with tells us that we're in conflict. Come on now. Do you do you sense that in the world? But it is the word of God. And Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word won't pass away. Hallelujah. And so we need to get our Bible in our bag. We need to get the Word of God on the inside of us. Here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.15. This should be every child of God's mantra. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Listen, this is not just for your pastors. This is your verse. This is your command. This is what the Lord wants every one of us to be accountable to. That we're diligent. Everybody say diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. You be God's vessel. You be God's mouthpiece. You be God's warrior. You be, you be the encourager. You be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. In other words, you're the voice of God. God's crying through you. Amen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker. Everybody say a worker. Listen, we got work to do. Oh, come on now. You guys are getting quiet. Are you getting hot out there? Well, I'll get over it. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I just wish I knew how to talk to people, right? I wish I knew how to share the truth with them and how to share the gospel with people. And sometimes we come up short and we're always thinking, well, I need to get them to Pastor Tim or Daniel or, or Julie or somebody who knows their business. No, you, you, you and I, all, all of us need to know our business. Rightly. Read these words with me. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Keep yourself sharp in the sword of the Spirit. Take the whetstone of God's Scripture and sharpen yourself in God's word. Keep yourself sharp. Keep that cutting edge in your own life sharp because this is what Jesus said to his disciples. Guys, you need to... Get your traveler's bag, you need to get your money, and you need to get your sword. Because we're going places. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be packed and ready to go. And so how do we do this? How do we keep ourselves sharp in the Word? Well, you got to know the Word. Number one, you need to know the Word. You need to know it for yourself. That means you need to read it. And I think a good place to start would be every day. That would be a good place. We need to come and listen to it. There's podcasts. There's online messages and listening to the word of God. Let the word of God fall upon our ears. Why? Because Paul said, faith comes by hearing the word. So actually when I'm listening to God's word, something is said and my faith level begins to rise. And how many of us would like a greater level of faith in our lives? And so whenever I'm hearing God's Word, I love good Bible teaching. I love to sit under the sound because it inspires me. It gives me ideas. It gives me a refreshing in my mind. But we, if we don't give it the time of day, if we're not reading it and listening to it, then our faith level doesn't grow. We also need to study the Word of God. Amen. We actually need to sit down with, you know, maybe a pencil and paper or go through a Bible, you know, go through the Bible in some form or fashion that is actually taking me deeper in God's word. And I'm not just hearing scriptures, I'm not just hearing sermons, but I'm studying, I'm applying myself to the word of God. Meditate on the scriptures. I like to use, chew the cud. (laughs) Mull it over. Mull over what you're reading. Uh, Nielsen uh, did a recent survey and they said adults presently spend five and a half hours watching TV every day. This is generally average. I know nobody in the room thinks I watch five and a half hours, but it's everybody over there. You know, that's 77 days in a year of just straight TV. This is the one that's going to blow you away because again, I'm sure you're not going to think this is true of you. But Presently, right now, in the United States of America, adults spend 11 hours on some kind of social media. The interaction and engagement of social media, all the way from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, your computer, uh, YouTube, all, all of that stuff. I just knocked myself out. All of that stuff. 11 hours! That's craziness to me. So I really went to work yesterday and didn't pick up my, you know, My cell phone. Do you know 12 minutes a day? 12 minutes a day in the Bible will get you through in a year? You say, I don't have time. Everybody's got the same 24 hours. I don't have time is saying to God, you did it wrong. You didn't work out the 24 hours. No, it's it's not the time. It's the priorities. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? It's not the time. It's not the clock. It's the priorities. Know the word. Jesus said, pack your bags, get your sword. If you don't have one, do whatever you can to get it in your bag. Get it with you. We need to know the word. We need to grow the word. Paul said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So God wants you to know it. But he wants you to grow in the word and by the word. How do I do that? I need to believe what he says. You know, when I start, when when it comes to Bible and science, when it comes to Bible and biology, when it comes to Bible and all the issues that are flowing through our educational system and out in the world, here's where I start. With the Bible. That's not popular today. But we start with the Word of God. I believe what God says in His Word. That's my starting point. And everything flows out of that for me in understanding what God is really saying in these times that we live. But I have to believe what God says. Even if it's not popular right now, according to the culture. So I believe God. I believe His Word. Come on, can I get a good amen? Amen. So we need to believe it. We need to memorize it. We need to pray the Word. You know you can pray the Word. One of the most effective things you can do with God's Word is pray it. When you see something, then you say, that's not me. But you can pray that to be you. Amen. And we start to pray the Word of God. We need to know the Word, to grow the Word, and then we need to show the Word. Amen. We need to show it. In other words, we need to be doers of the Word. God is not just after us getting Bible knowledge. He wants us to be a demonstration of His truth in the world in which we live. Amen. We need to apply the Word of God to our life. Make application of it in your life. When you're reading God's Word, don't just listen to it. Do it. Come on, say do it. We need to do it. We need to do the Word of God. We need to live it out. Make application of it in your life. Do it. And then share it with others. One of the ways that the word will grow deeper in you and me is if we actually find opportunities to share it. Amen. I was so uh, excited and proud of Julie because she works up at Steele's Furniture and they gave her an opportunity this last week. Uh, they asked her, she probably didn't have a choice, but they wanted her to lead their, their uh, leadership meeting. And she read a book by Tim Keller about being a Christian in the workplace. So she had this little devotional thing that she did because she couldn't really go up there and talk about out of the Bible and talk a lot of Christianity. But she had principles that she spoke into their meeting and uh, that were truly from God without saying they were from God so that they wouldn't cancel her, so to speak. Whatever. All right. Wrong word. But anyway, I was so proud because I knew that people were blessed by that. And actually, one lady came up and said, I need the name of that book. And Julie's like, are you sure you want the name of it? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm a reader. I'm a reader. Well, she might read that and come to Jesus. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. That's packing your bags. It's being ready. And God wants this for all of us. Let's all stand together. Amen. We're good, okay? We're good? Feel that nice little breeze? Can I have the prayer people come on up front? Any, any one of you that are prepared to pray for anyone? And maybe, do we have music? Music always helps things to go down smoother. I should have had her playing the whole time. <laughs> hey, we've got folks up here that would love to pray with you about anything. If you came today with any kind of a need, a burden, maybe you're sick in body or you're not feeling well or you got an ache and pain, we believe that God heals today. And we believe that God wants to touch you. And, and so I'm going to pray and we'll be dismissed in just a moment. But if you have any needs for any thing in your life you would like prayer for you can just come on up here and to any one of these folks and they would love to pray with you please don't leave the same way you came if you need a touch from God come and receive that touch how many of you want to be packed and ready to go amen let's lift our hands to Jesus right now Lord we are just making ourselves available to you again on this first day of this week God as we move into a new month we pray God that you would just help us God to keep our bags packed and ready to go to be God to get our finances in order Lord if there's any one of us who are want to take the step of faith and to start tithing where we haven't been tithing God I pray God that you would give them the courage to do that Holy Spirit bless them God show them that this is your good and perfect will for their life And Lord, I just pray that you would give them the courage to step out in faith and believe you. We know, God, that you're going to be faithful to them. Lord, if anyone is struggling with their attitude or with unforgiveness, God, I pray, Lord, that we would uh, change our clothes, God, that we would take off ourselves and put on the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that your word would become a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. God, just have your way in us, Lord, as we go out and live for you in this world. We love you, Jesus, and we honor your holy name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Amen.